Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Thank you, Lord. Again, I'm so thankful uh, for the last uh, week we had um, uh, Evangelist Warren and uh, Elder uh, Edward Baker uh, minister last Wednesday and last Sunday, and I appreciate them. And I know y'all had a great time here yesterday, uh, last Sunday morning. Amen. Rejoicing in the Lord. And uh, I appreciate that. And um, we're going to get back into this series we've been on about Jesus helping us. Amen. Y'all remember that? Did y'all forget about that? Is that okay with y'all? Because you got your joy back last Sunday, right? Okay. All right. Now, I contend that the reason a lot of folk uh, have to keep getting their joy back is because they're broke. Or they're struggling financially. Am I right about it? I got three amens. The rest of y'all just, just, just keep, keep pretending. Keep pretending. And uh, so my job is to help us uh, stay in that joy, stay in that flow, if we, if we allow Jesus to help us and get some things right in our lives. Amen? So 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, a lot of folk, you know, you're waiting on your joy because you need, you know, waiting on manifestation. Well, there are some things that are not going to manifest if we don't change how we operate. And you can shout, and you can shout, and you can shout all you want to. But if you don't change how you operate, the morning going to come, but ain't going to be no joy. Because you, it's going to still be the same as it was last night. Because if you don't change how you operate, then um, God's not going to override how you operate. Are you following me? So there are some laws that pertain to the kingdom. There are laws that pertain to the kingdom of God. And we need to operate by the laws pertaining to the kingdom of God. Amen? Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9? Okay, let's read that in the New King James Version. Then we're going to read it in the Living Bible. Okay, so let's read New King James Version together. Ready, read. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes. Why? Might become, might become what? Rich. That you through his poverty might become rich. So his aim, and that's one of the things in that little book that we handed out here, this little four most wonderful things, that's in that book. It's, it's one of the exchanges that, that he made. He became poor so we could become rich. That's a, that's a good trade. Now he didn't stay poor. He's, he's got all his glory in heaven again. But he did it for that moment, that time on the cross, so you and I, with a purpose in mind, so we could become what? Rich. Rich. All right, now let's look at that same verse, please, in the Living Bible, in the Living Bible. Okay? All right, let's read it together. Ready? Read. You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was. Though he was so very rich, yet to help you, he became so very poor, so that by being poor, he could make you rich. Notice he did this so he could help us. Yet to help. How many of y'all are glad he came to help us? Hallelujah. I'm so glad we have his help this morning. Because it's a mean old world out there. It's a mean world. It's a cruel world. But you and I, Jesus said in John 6, 16, 33, he said, he said, in the world you shall have tribulation. He said what? But be of good cheer. He says, I have overcome the world. 
So no matter what's going on in the world, he came to help us overcome it. You got it? So we're on part three today. Let Jesus help you. Father, thank you so much for the word today. I pray that, God, you give me divine utterance to speak things I have not thought. And I pray you give me divine unction to flow in ways I have not seen. And I pray that your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts to receive the word of God. And I ask you in advance that, God, this word would be planted in good ground and would produce that which you sent it to produce. And I pray that your people will see the turnaround uh, in every life, every family, every home, every marriage, every business, every career. See the turnarounds because, God, I our hope is not in man. Our hope is not in the world. Our hope is in you. So we vow today, even at the onset, to allow Jesus to help us to make us into what you want us to be. Thank you for the help we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. All right, take your seats today. We've been addressing a very, again, a controversial matter in, in the body of Christ. In the, in the, and I want to say in the modern church. Financial prosperity. Everybody say in the modern church. The modern church. The, the, the financial prosperity. Is it okay if I talk about this today? Yes. Okay. Just make sure you check the religious devils who don't think you ought to talk about money in church. And yet, they're broke. <laughs> and um, we can't. You know, in Matthew 24, 14, Jesus gave, he gave the disciples this dissertation on um, how, how to know the end times. And he talked about in the end times, they asked him, they said, Jesus, how do we know when the end is near? How do we know when it's time for the end? And he said, you'll see prophets and false prophets and so forth. He said, there'll be wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And he said, but even all that, the end is not yet. He said, all those things that are happening. And he got to verse 14 and he said, but this, the gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. If you, if you read Matthew 24, uh, all those things above verse 14 are funded or are pushed by the enemy. Yes, sir. Wars and rumors of wars. Nation against nation. Earthquakes in diverse places. Pestilences in the land. Those are all wrought or works of, of darkness, works of the enemy. But the enemy is not going to do verse 14. He's not going to... He's not going to push the gospel, nor is he going to fund the gospel. So guess who has to do that? The church. But we can't do it if we're broke. So there's a reason for this prosperity. Okay? Now, this is a controversy only in the modern church. The early church had no problem with prosperity. The early church, the original Acts church, they understood prosperity. There's a scripture over in Acts chapter 4 where the Bible says that nobody had any lack. Acts 4.34. Acts 4.34. The Bible says that nor was there anyone among them who lacked. Nobody in the church had lack. Nobody in the church had lack. Nobody in the church was broke. Nobody in the church had lack. Nobody in the church couldn't, couldn't put tires in their car and couldn't put a roof on that. Nobody in the church couldn't afford food. Nobody in the church couldn't afford uh, uh, new clothes. No, no, nobody in the church had lack. Hallelujah. Nor was there anyone who had, who lacked for all, notice this, all who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and they then brought the proceeds to the apostles, laid them at the apostles' feet. So notice what happens. These people uh, were so wealthy. They didn't sell their main house, their main land and go live in some, some commune somewhere. This is not what happened. They didn't all go live at the church. 
There was no church building for them to live in. They sold, they, they had multiple uh, lands, multiple houses like you and I should have. I'm going to come over here. Multiple lands, multiple houses like God wants us to have. And so they began to sell some of their extra properties, and then they brought the proceeds and laid them at the apostles' feet. Hallelujah. And they would distribute and to make sure nobody had lack. Hallelujah. Well, wasn't that generous of them? Yes, it was generous, but it was also a seed. So what do you think happened to those people who would sell land, sell houses, and then sow the proceeds? Oh, y'all not saying anything. See, y'all, y'all, y'all got, we got to get this thing in our mind. We think they just came and gave stuff away and just walked away and just, they were poor. No, no, no. They, they turned, they turned those profits into seeds. And whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. You don't think they got more houses and more lands? Come on now. And so uh, they, were, they were wealthy in the early church. The, the early church didn't have a problem with wealth. This is why Paul, you turn over to 1 Timothy 6, 17, 18, and 19, and Paul talks to Timothy, his son of the faith, and he, he gives Timothy some instructions. He said, he said Timothy, I want you to command or charge those who are rich in this world not to be haughty, not to be arrogant, not to be high-minded. So obviously there were rich people in the early church because they weren't, they, weren't, they weren't in some sort of controversy about this. That's only a modern church issue. And I wonder how that got in there. The enemy, the devil came and sold bad seed in the field and began to tell church folk that somehow God would get glory out of poverty. Somehow God would be happier. Somehow God can only use you if you, if you don't have anything in this planet, anything in, the, on this, in this world. That's a lie from the enemy. These people who had houses and lands, God used them. Y'all are so quiet. This. Hallelujah. See, because I ain't... So, um, God told, or Paul rather, God through Paul told Timothy to tell the people, when you're rich, don't be a haughty, don't trust in your uncertain riches, but trust in the living God who gives us richly, come on, all things to enjoy. All things to what? Enjoy. Now, Jesus said, I came that you might have it in your life, have it till the full door overflows. So all of a sudden, Paul comes in and just, and just puts a stamp on that and says, yeah, he wants you to enjoy life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, y'all going to have to wake yourself up. You're going to have to stir yourself up. You're going to have to receive this today because I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming with the meat today. I, ain't got no, I don't have no sugar cookies for you. I got, I got meat for you today. Hallelujah. You can get sugar cookies later. I'm, talk, I'm talking about some meat today because, because we got to get on the good foot and get, to biz, get down to business for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God's business requires some finances. Hallelujah. Besides the fact he wants you to enjoy it. Say, besides the fact he wants you to enjoy it, to enjoy life. Hallelujah. Who all on the prayer team? Who all on the prayer team? Y'all pray. Y'all pray. Hallelujah. Now, 
we've been walking through the fact that in the Bible, anybody who followed God, obeyed God, God turned their lives around financially. All right? Now, I want you to go and look at this scripture here. Many of you know it, Proverbs 10 and verse 22. Proverbs 10 and verse 22. Hallelujah. I, I, see, I understand why there's resistance because this is the devil's territory. I understand why there's demonic resistance because the devil does not want people of God to hear and receive this word. He wants to keep you broke. He wants to keep you struggling. He wants to keep you barely making it because, because then he can control you. See, you, you, you can't dominate what you depend on. So you can't dominate in a world that you're depending on somebody to help you. I'm waiting on somebody to give me a stimulus, somebody to give me a handout, somebody to help me, somebody to come through for me. I need somebody to give me affirmative action. If I don't get affirmative action, I ain't going to make it. That's a lie. I said that's a lie. God's all the affirmative action you need. I said God is all the affirmative action you need. God is my affirmative action. If God be for me, who can be against me? He is my affirmative action. See? And the devil, the devil is, is, is working against you right now, sitting in this church right now, trying to keep it from hearing and receiving his word because he knows if you can break free financially, because see, finances is, is the devil's, it's the last frontier. See, we, we in the church, we, we've got salvation down. At least I thought. He said, we got salvation down. We know how to get saved. We even know how to get delivered, some of us. We know how to get healed. We know how to make babies. We know how to get married. We, we got those frontiers down. But this money, this money has been eluding the, 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 the body of Christ. I'm talking about in large. There are, there are some who know how to step into it and walk in, in financial prosperity, but by, by far and large, by large, the most people in the body of Christ are not at a place where they can uh, flow like the, the word wants us to flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we go, we, I'm going to keep coming against you. I'm going to keep coming against you. I'm, a, I'm, a keep, I'm, I'm not talking about coming against you. I'm talking about that demon that's trying to keep you from receiving this word. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10, 22, you're there. It says this, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Come on. What makes one rich? So not you. You don't have to make yourself rich. It says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow, no toil, no struggle with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No struggle, no toil, no sorrow, no grinding with it. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Everybody want to talk about now, if you want to, want to make money, you got to get on your grind. You got to grind. You got to grind. Listen, grinding is what, is what, what the Philistines made Samson do. Read your Bible, book of Judges. The Philistines, they mocked Samson. Tore, they, they tore his eyeballs out. So he had no more vision. Cut his hair, so he lost his anointing. And he was forced now to grind for a living. 
boy, that's better than y'all letting on. I said they had ripped his eyeballs out. He had no vision. Cut his hair off. He had no anointing. And he now had to grind for a living. And the devil has it, people in their mind, that now I got to grind for a living. I got to grind to make it. No, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he has no grinding with it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about you. You don't have to grind for a living. I'm not saying you don't have to work. I'm not saying you don't have to be diligent. But God doesn't want you grinding to the point where now you're wearing your body out. Don't get to be with your family. Don't get to be with your spouse. Don't get to be with your children. Don't get to go to church like you should. Don't get to pray like you're supposed to. Why? Because I'm trying to grind. I'm trying to hustle. Grinding is for people with no vision and no anointing. But that's better than y'all letting on right there, boy. I told you, there ain't, ain't no sugar cookies today. I still have my vision. I still have my anointing. I don't have to grind. The blessing of the Lord is working for me. Y'all got it? That word rich in that, in that verse, Proverbs 10, 22, that word rich is, is the Hebrew word ashar which means to be or become rich or wealthy. So we're not talking about some, some kind of spiritual or ethereal thing. We're not talking about the blessing makes you happy. We're not talking about the blessing makes you nice. The blessing makes you, you know, kind. No, it means the blessing makes you rich. It's talking about immaterial possessions. The blessing of the Lord will make you wealthy and rich in material possessions. It means to enrich. It means to make rich, to gain riches. To gain riches. Now, if you remember, I gave you some definitions about rich from the, from the, the, the uh, uh, dictionary and so forth. I don't have time to go through all that today. I want to go right to, again, what we gave uh, from 2 Corinthians 9, 8 in the Amplified Classic. And we identified three markers that you, need, that you can determine, or, or I should say three markers that God wants you to have in your life to know what rich looks like. Number one marker is favor and blessings in abundance. You see it in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, when the Bible says that God uh, is able to make all grace, favor, earthly blessing abound to you in abundance. Put that scripture on the screen for me, please. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require, change it now, possessing enough to require no, no aid, no, no support, and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Do y'all see that? So we said number one marker is favor and blessings in abundance. Favor and blessings in abundance. How many of y'all understand that? God wants you to have favor and blessings in abundance in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Boy, I don't know. If I was sitting there and somebody was preaching this to me, I'd be shouting, boy. If I was sitting where you are and broke like you are, I'd, I'd be like, boy. Because I know this word is about to change my life. No, Pastor, you don't understand. We listen trying to process. You ain't got to process. I'm talking to your spirit, not your brain. You don't get this with your brain. You, you, no, you don't hear me. I'm not talking to your soul. I'm not talking to your mom. I'm talking to your spirit. Your spirit. Spirit deals with spirit. Deep calls are deep. I'm talking to your spirit. Just open up. Let your brain just shut down. And Why well, now, nah, Pastor? We, no, I ain't going to let you in. We ain't going to be brainwashed. You need to wash your brain. Your brain needs to be washed. I allowed God several years ago to wash my brain because I had all kind of bad thoughts in my brain, all kind of stupid, dumb, 
poor, silly, perverted thoughts in my brain, and I allow God to wash my brain clean. Hallelujah. So I'm talking to your spirit. So we need to have, God wants to give us favor and blessings in abundance. Number two marker is always self-sufficient. Always self-sufficient. Always. I don't need anybody else to help me. I don't need anybody, anybody else to help me. Well, we all got to help each other. No, 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 no. He said that when he blesses you, you won't need anybody to help you. You'll be able to help somebody else who needs help, but you yourself will not need help. Can I get three people that say hallelujah? I can help you, but I won't need any help. No, because the blessing is on me. Because his grace is on my life. So I have favor and blessings in abundance. I will always, I'm always self-sufficient. And number three, I'm furnishing abundance for good works and charitable donations. This is how I know when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm moving up in the world. This is how I know when I've arrived. I'm not talking about some dollar amount, Andre. I'm not talking about having some mark in my bank account or my IRA, my 401k that I know, okay, now I'm, now I'm there. I'm talking about, no, once I've hit a place where I'm furnishing abundance for good works and charitable donations, I know I have arrived. Hallelujah. Furnishing abundance for good works and charitable donations. That should be two words, good works, good works, good works and charitable donations. We saw... The last time I was here, two Sundays ago, we saw a demonstration of that. We saw in front of our eyes a demonstration of that. Well, I'm preaching, going along, and I'm, I'm just talking, and, and I'm Sister Carol is here. Y'all remember the story? And the next step, pregnancy center, and so forth. And the Lord told me, he said, just, just give her the $25,000. Now, now, I know some of y'all, you ain't saying anything because, you know, 25000 is, is, you know, you, you sneeze, you, 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 you blow your nose with 25000 I know, I know. I know you already so set that 25000 don't move you in the least bit. But, but when, when the Lord tells us as a ministry, because, you know, we don't, we don't have 20,000 members. And we, we don't have 2,000 members. We, we don't have 200 members. But yet, God can say, Write the check for 25000 on the spot, and I don't have to call a board meeting. Board, uh, we need to talk. Let's see uh, uh, how we can budget. But this church don't even have a budget. Now I know some of y'all, some of y'all corporate folk think, well, you crazy. No, 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 no. See, budget is for corporations. God's kingdom doesn't have a budget. Jesus said, he said, he, he said, hey, say, he said to the disciples in John 6, how are we going to feed all these folk? He said, let's, let's feed them all. They said, how are we going to feed them? 200 printed worth is not enough. He said, sit them down. He said, we're going to feed them. In other words, they were saying, Lord Jesus, we only budgeted 200, we only got 200 printed worth. That's all we got in our budget. You say, I don't care about no budget. Am I talking to three people? Let me, let me identify. Who am I going to preach the rest of the service? Okay, I just want to know. He said, I don't care anything about a budget. Jesus said, I don't operate on a budget. 
Then you never saw in this ministry anywhere we operate on a budget. No, he knew he had divine access. Whatever we need is there. I'm trying to get you to see that's what God wants to take you. In fact, what we saw two weeks ago was a demonstration not just for God to show what he, what he can do to the church, but him to show you what he's about to do in your life. He let you see that. He let you be part of that. He's showing you that's where he's taking you. Somebody say, God, thank you for it. Thank you. I believe he's taking every one of us to that place where we'll be able to say, well, right, I got it, I got it, I, I'll, I'll cover that, I'll cover that. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. That's God, God wants to do that kind of stuff. He wants to do that kind of stuff. And he, he starts us, thank you, Lord. Y'all got time? I was off last week, y'all. Y'all sure y'all time? Yeah. He, he wants us to do that kind of stuff. And we, he makes us practice with little stuff like, like you, you, you pay the check at the table. Right. Don't be three or four pop people. Everybody got to split a check. The waitress, the poor waitress got to go back and divvy everything, get it calculated out and break everything up. Say, I got it. I got it. That was weak. You just say, I got it. I, I got it. That's how you start. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man. That's where I'm at. This this is the kind of stuff God wants us to do. I got to tell my wife something. Uh, Make sure you call your sister-in-law. Tell her we'll buy those chairs she wants. Okay, he just he just he just hit that man just bottom chairs. Just yeah. tell her all the chairs she wants, tell her we'll buy. Oh. Okay, all right. Okay, I'm happy. I'm happy, Lord. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy. That, this, see, he 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 wants you so furnished in abundance that you can do good works. And charitable donations. See? He, he's, t- 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 he's taking you there. Some of y'all didn't even say a word. Man, tell somebody he's taking you there. He's taking you there. church is going and say, we, I got, I'm going to take care of that room, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of that room, and what you need for that room, and what you need. You got two girls, or, or, or I, I got that, or, or we, we got. That's what the Acts church did. You read the Acts church, it's only the modern church that's, that's afraid of this issue. The early church, that's how they operated. And that's why the Bible says they have favor with all people. People in the world saw, well, look how they folk operate. And people were getting saved every day because they kept seeing them church folk. Look how they operate, man. They, them people, they, they doing good. They, they don't like anything. They help each other. They take care of each other. Nobody's struggling in the church. That's what, that's what they saw. Hallelujah, exceeding grace. I want us to be that kind of church. 
Matter of fact, we already are corporately, but I want of us, every one of us individually. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Chris brought this up to me, uh, last, I think it was Wednesday. We were talking about this. We're, we're celebrating this year our 25th year as, as a ministry. Amen. And, uh, it, and, I, and he said, he said, Pastor, it, you think it's ironic? I'm not sure that's the word you use. But interesting that, that in the 25th year, God will have us sow that $25,000 seed. I said, man, I didn't think about it at the time. But afterwards, I thought, wow, God, that's very interesting. Because I know 10 years ago we couldn't have done that. And five years ago, maybe even last year, we couldn't have done that like that. But God has just, in a short time, accelerated this ministry. I don't know if you get it. That means we've stepped into a different day. No, y'all don't get it. No, you don't. This little church? This little old church? We just spent 40 grand on sound. And just ordered, we just ordered another $2,500 worth of equipment for sound. Just ordered it. We just spent 20 grand on, on, on the, all the fencing. This all in the last month and a half. We just spent 6000 6, on, on on sprinklers. Sprinklers, y'all, sprinklers for the parking lot. Y'all didn't catch it. I ain't talking about sprinkles. We already have sprinkles for the grass. We want the sprinkles in the parking lot. Who does that? Except people that are furnished in abundance. And then 25000 for the next step pregnancy center? Yes. Why? Because the grace of God, the blessing of God is on us, and that means if you're part of us or connected or a regular visit or you, you connected somehow, it's on you. Tell your neighbor, it's on you too. In other words, y'all, y'all, I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, I'm going to go, because this ain't, ain't my message. I'm going to say this, I'm going to go. This means that God, remember I prophesied, I said it year, years ago, Gigi probably remembers when I said it. I, God began to tell us it's not either or, but and also. Y'all remember that? He said it's no longer for you either or, it's and also. In other words, I have you do this, do this and this. You ain't got to choose between what you need and what you need. It's going to come to a day you ain't going to choose between what you want and what you want. He said you're going to be able to do this and also this. And so we just saw in the last month and a half a demonstration of God doing through this ministry and also. So guess what's going to happen in your life? You're about to move into the and also phase of your life. God, I need this and I need that. Do both. God, I, I, I want this and I desire that. Both. Somebody prophesy out your neighbor and tell them both. Tell them both. Tell them God said both. God. Now find somebody else and prophesy all. All of it. 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 Everything. 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 I said everything.
y'all get it. We, this church shifted, man. This church shifted. This church shifted. Do you remember? Oh, Lord, I ain't going to finish this. Do you remember I prophetically declared to you at the beginning of this year? From thank you, Holy Ghost, Obadiah 117. He said on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance, there shall be holiness, and my people shall possess their possessions. That means that God's bringing deliverance this year. We're going to step fully into our holiness this year, and we're about to get all of our stuff. Everything the devil's been holding, everything he's been holding back, you're about to possess your possessions. Give God a praise because this is the year of full restoration in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. On Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. On Mount Zion, there shall be holiness. And my people shall possess their possessions. All right, y'all sit down. Let's, 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 let's get a couple of these in here today. So, I gave you this, this statement last, uh, two weeks ago. I want to make sure you have it written down somewhere or recorded in memory bank. I know I'm rich when my resources outweigh my responsibilities. I know I'm rich when my resources outweigh my responsibilities. So I don't want you to think about a particular number, a particular dollar amount that everybody aspires. If I, if I hit a million, you know, uh, if, if I, boy, if I would have hit that $1.08 billion lottery, boy, I, I'd have been rich. Or, you know, the, the mega ball, and I think now mega millions, whatever it's called, is like, it's like 840 million right now. And people are clamoring, boy, they buying tickets by the dozens, boy. I mean, everywhere they... Trucks, truckers are stopping at every truck stop every day. They can't buy more tickets because they, they, if they can hit that number, because people, have, people are number-minded and not biblically-minded. I know I am rich when my resources outweigh my responsibilities. So my wife and I hit rich in 2017. When we got completely out of debt and don't owe anybody on this planet a dime, this church in 2016 hit it. This church since 2016 doesn't owe anybody on this planet anything. And I told you that's the natural stats worldwide. If you are debt free and have $10, you are in the top 1% of the world. Not of America, but of the world. Because there are a lot of abjectly poor, uh, poor people in this, on this planet. They're, they're, they have, they're in abject poverty. But we are in the top 1%. Because I got at least $10. My kids are rich. All four of them. All four of my kids are rich. They're all debt free. Even the oldest one, 28 years old, debt free. Just got accepted to, go, to start her master's program here in a few days. You want to start yeah. master's program? You going to do it debt-free? 
Let's pay for it. I got the money. She got the money. You're rich. I'm not, I'm not talking about a dollar amount. When you, when, you can, when you can pull a trigger, when God can say, do this, and you can do it, you know you're rich. Y'all got it? All right, now. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says God wants to do that. He can make this a reality in your life. As we read, 2 Corinthians 9.8. Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai. Jehovah Jireh, God supplies, he provides, but El Shaddai, he's more than enough. And he can make this a reality in, in my life, in your life. Y'all got it? Now, let's look again at 2 Corinthians 8.9 in the Living Bible. Where... Again, it says, you know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was, though he was so very rich, so very rich, yet to help you, to help me, he became so very poor. So he did this to help me. He knew I needed help. <laughs> Glory to God. He became so very poor so that by being poor, he could make me rich. Wow. Why did he do this again? Why did he do it again? Come on now. To help me. He did this to help you. He knew you needed some help. He knew, he knew insurance was going up. He knew food costs were going up. He knew rent was going up in St. Pete. Clear water. People used to think, man, I can go, I can go live in Ruskin, boy, because it's, it's high in St. Pete. Try, try going to Ruskin now. You better get some help. And I don't mean waiting on government. I'm talking about he said he can help me. Hallelujah. Isaiah 119, I want to remind you of this scripture we looked at a couple weeks ago. Isaiah 119 in the Living Bible. And hear what the Lord says. He says, if you will only let me help you. Notice we read earlier, he says he did this to help you. But here he says, if you'll only let me help you, if you will only obey, then what will happen? That's a law of prosperity. That's a law of prosperity. When you see an if-then statement, it's a law. Are you understanding that? That's what a law is. A law is a principle. A law has a predictable consequence. You, you get, it's cause and effect. If you do this, then this will happen. And he says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. So we see here a, a, a global or a general law of prosperity. All right? So if he's trying to help me, and he is, he's trying to make me rich, then what's the holdup? Then, then what's the holdup? See, these laws of prosperity, they were here before we got here. Just like the laws of nature, the laws of physics, the laws of, of flight, you know, when, when they, I guess they call, what's those guys, the Orville brothers, the, 
The Wright brothers. Orville was the first name of the guy. Wilbur and Orville Wright. Uh, those guys, when they, when they launched the first, their flight, do y'all know, you know, know the first commercial flight in the world was here in St. Pete? St. Peter, Tampa. That was the first commercial flight in the whole world was launched out of St. Petersburg. That's amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is a headquarters for that, man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But do you know before they learned the laws of flight, the laws of flight were already here? But it wasn't until they discovered the laws and then began to operate in the laws that they could take a, a, an apparatus and use the law of lift and the law of thrust balancing with the law of gravity and inertia and get that plane off the ground and keep it in the air as long as they wanted it. My family and some of you, you're stepping on some flights this week. We're heading, a lot of us are heading to Kentucky. And uh, we're, we're, I'm not going to get in there and ask the, the pilot, uh, do you know the law of flight? Of flight? <laughs> you know how this thing works, right? I'm, I'm going to trust him or her to help me get from Tampa to Louisville within the laws they understand. And I'm not going to tell him how to fly. I'm not going to try to change how he operates. He knows this. I don't. So when it comes to laws of prosperity, you and I don't have to tell God how to operate. And we make a mistake, a great mistake, to try to operate outside of his laws. You make a mistake and operate outside the laws of flight, it's going to be a very bad day. Okay? So there are laws. We read this law in Isaiah 119. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. That is a general law of prosperity. Hallelujah. All right, so I, I want to ask the question then, if, if, if these laws are in effect, if God's, Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, all of heaven is trying to help me, then what's my hold up? What am I missing? What am I missing? So I'm going to go through a couple things. Couple, I want to ask a couple questions that uh, let you answer these questions for yourself. I'm not, I can't answer you. This is, this is a self-evaluation. All right, you ready? We got all that shouting out, right? All right, question number one. Am I walking uprightly with God? Okay, y'all didn't want that one. You, you, you thought I was about to talk about your spending habits. No. Am I walking uprightly with God? Am I walking uprightly with God? And this is for you to answer. Am I walking uprightly with God? Am I walking uprightly with God? Am I walking in proper position? Am I walking in divine connection? Am I walking in alignment with God? Because just because you and I are in church doesn't mean we're walking uprightly. Even just, just because we uh, confessed our sins to him and made, you know, he forgave us doesn't mean we're walking uprightly. Just because we speak in tongues doesn't mean we're walking uprightly. 
That's because we know how to dance and cut a, cut a step when they hit, put the track on. Doesn't mean we're walking uprightly. A lot of folk are dancing. A lot of folk getting laid out in the spirit because somebody prophesied money and they got laid out but got up and not walking uprightly and the money never comes because if you're not walking uprightly with God, you're, you are violating a law. Y'all can look at me like that all you want to. But I told you, ain't no sugar cooking messages today. This is, this is, this is the word. Am I walking brightly? Psalm 84 verse 11. Psalm 84 verse 11 says this, um, that the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give what? Grace and glory. Now watch this last part. Watch this law. No good thing will he withhold from those. Come on. So if, if, if I'm lacking good things, then I don't need to question God. Ooh I've got to really evaluate and make sure I am walking uprightly. Now, for me to walk uprightly, uprightly uh, walking with God is not based on culture. It's not based on man's opinion. It's based on God's word. I don't look at the culture and say, well, I'm better than my cousin. That doesn't mean you're walking uprightly. Well, at least I'm not gay. That doesn't mean you're walking uprightly. At least I'm not trans. That does not mean you're walking up. At least, at least I'm not smoking crack anymore. That does not mean you're walking up rightly. Because there are a whole lot, of, whole lot of don'ts that we don't do that don't equivocate to walking up rightly. See, uprightness is meaning means I'm in alignment with God and his word, that I'm walking in line with him, that I obey him line upon line and precept upon precept. And I don't let, I don't let a change of the calendar date change the word of God. That just because it's 2023 doesn't mean that now God's word isn't valid. And whatever God said back in the old days, back in the Bible days, is still applicable to me today. Y'all ain't, you ain't got to shout me down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, it ain't, it ain't like that no more. You know, we can take it kind of easy. We can kind of relax. No, holiness is still right. Y'all got quiet right there. Holiness is still right. And God is looking for people who will walk uprightly. And he says, if you walk uprightly, I won't withhold any good thing from you. It says no good thing, no good thing, no. God has plenty of good things, and he says the only thing that's going to hold back good things is you walking uprightly or not. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me how, how to get my money. I, I don't know how to get my money. I'm telling you how to get your money. It starts first with you walking uprightly. Let me ask you a question. If you're a parent and your children don't walk uprightly with you, you might give them things because I got to feed you. The law says I have to feed you. I have to house you. And I got to make sure you get to school. But I don't have to buy the new Force Ones. Oh, y'all didn't say that. I, I don't have to get the Yeezys. See, I, I don't, 
I, I don't have to give you uh, what y'all call good things because um, uh, you're, not, you're not acting right. Yeah, but God is gracious and God is merciful. Yet he didn't change his laws. And the Bible says that he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Rain, that, that, when you see rain, don't think negative. Church made rain negative. Rain is good. He says he reigns on just as well as unjust. He also, Bob also says he makes the sun to shine on the evil and the good. So in other words, even people who are evil, God does good. He, 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 he takes care of them. People don't know him. God still will wake them up this morning. So you've not gotten over into the good things just because you woke up this morning. And the church grew up, we grew up in the church, well, as long as I got breath in my body, as long as I got blood running on my veins, that's all I need. No, God said, that, that, I, get, I gave your neighbor that, and they, they home washing their car today. Your neighbors out fishing on their big old boat and not even serving me. They out there vacationing in Aspen and cussing each other out at home. That, that, don't, don't get impressed because you got breath in your vein, in your lungs, and blood in your veins. That's, I do that for everybody. He's talking about good things. Well, look at y'all, boy. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, hold on, this is still God's standard. Listen to this. Sin, y'all know that word sin, S-I-N? Sin blocks God's ability to help you. It blocks his ability to help you. I don't know we preach of prosperity. This is prosperity. These are laws of prosperity. It blocks God's ability to help you. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. It says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. It ain't a problem with God's hand. It says, Nor is his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. It's not a problem with God's ear. He God can hear. He says, But your iniquities have separated you, come on, don't look at me like that, have separated you from your God. He's still your God, but y'all separate. There's no fellowship. There's no connection, he says, because of iniquities. And we don't want to deal with that in 2023 because we want to act as if because of grace everything goes. But what has happened is men have turned the grace of God into lasciviousness and men act like they can do anything they want to do and live in the way they want to live and go where they want to go and say what they want to say and, and flop with who they want to flop with. And you can go down a whole list of stuff and act like, well, God is just all right with it. No, God's not all right with it. But you understand my church still doing good. God is good to the evil and the good. Still woke up this morning. Well, God, he, he reigns on just as well as the unjust. You, that's nothing just because you woke up this morning. I still got a new car. Well, you finance the thing. So, I mean, that's, that's, that, that ain't no big deal. Anybody, anybody on this planet can finance. Anybody in America, I should say, could finance a car. They'll finance the you. You got 200 credit score. They'll find a way to finance your car. Yeah, that, 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 you ain't pressing nobody because you got a car. Saying to you. Yes, See, the devil will have people think that just because stuff's happening, 
I'm uprightly. I'm, I'm, God is good with my stuff. God, no, 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 no. No, that's not the blessing. See, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to depend on, on, on what the church calls mercy. church don't even understand mercy. Mercy is not even just, oh, God just saved me. No, mercy is God's goodness on you. But when the church makes mercy, it's a, oh, boy. Oh, I got out of that one. No, I don't want my iniquity to separate me from God. It says, he says, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that, not he cannot hear. What? He will not hear. We act as if sin is not a big issue. But you don't understand how ugly and filthy and stinking sin is to a holy God. I might have to cut this off here today, Miss Frankie. Y'all is excited about money coming to you. But I'm talking about sin is ugly. Sin is stinking. Sin is offensive to God. It's putrid to God. Sin is abominations. God hates sin. Just because your cousin and your church folk and maybe your pastors might go along with it doesn't mean God is okay with it. Y'all can get quiet in this Baptist church all you want to. But God hates sin. He loves sinners, but he hates all sin. And if you and I want God to clearly hear us, we need to get rid of sin. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for the cross. Because in John 9, there's a, a man who was blind. And they're asking him, asking him uh, you know, who healed you and so forth. And was this man right? And the man in John 9, I think it's John 9, 31 somewhere, he says, we know a sinner God does not hear. A sinner. That's, they understand. A sinner God does not hear. A sinner. So you, you keep fornicating and think God's going to hear you. God does not hear you. I'm going to look this way. You keep fornicating, think God's going to hear you. God said, I don't even hear you. I, don't e I can, but I choose not to. I, I, I can't, because I, I, I can't give you my attention because I can't, I can't look at what you're doing. I got Jesus, Jesus Christ on the cross, when he took all of our sins upon him, he recognized the disconnection. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He recognized God wasn't even looking on him anymore because of the sin, not his own, but all of our sins. So don't think that you and I can sin and God's going to keep hearing us. Just look straight ahead if you have to. God, check me. Holy Ghost, check me. Show me where there is sin in my life. Show me where I'm not walking in alignment. Show me where I'm not walking in perfection. Show me where I have iniquity in my heart. Show me where I'm not walking justified. Show me where I'm not walking uprightly before you. Many people want the blessings of God but not, not willing to humble themselves and follow God. He says, if you'll only let me help you, if you'll only obey. God told Joshua, he said, meditate on my word day and night. We know that. He said, he said, you meditate on my word day and night. He said, observe to do what's written in it. 
then you'll make your way prosperous. He just ain't meditate and you make your way prosperous. He said meditate and then do what's in it. Oh, God. Are you doing what's in the word? Uh, is, 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 is the sin more important? Tell your neighbor, you got to pick your pleasure. Tell them, you got to you gotta, you gotta pick your pleasure, man. You got you to pick your pleasure. The Bible says the pleasures of sin are just for a season. Pleasures of sin are just for a season. But it says at his right hand there are pleasures evermore. So you want seasonal pleasure or you want evermore pleasure? You got to pick your pleasure. Stop, stop looking at nasty stuff. I'm done. Y'all go close the service. Y'all close the service. I'm done. I can't take it. Stop watching stuff. Your eye, you know, is violating your spirit. You know that you watching movies and they cussing. See how quiet y'all get in this Presbyterian church? But it, it's my favorite series. I pay for Netflix. And that's why you, one reason why you're broke right there. But secondly, because you, you're watching stuff that's violating your spirit and expecting God to hear you. He can't hear you. God can't. He in the room with you listening to that stuff. You going to really make the Holy Ghost inside you listen to them cussing? See how quiet y'all don't like me. Where, where's Elder Baker? Call Elder Baker back. Let Elder Baker come preach here. Let Elder Baker come preach. Y'all don't want to hear this. Let him come preach about your joy coming in the morning because then you'll, you'll get excited then. But I'm talking about you. You know you keep listening to that music. You know what's in it and it's violating your spirit. Now, if it, if it don't bother you, you ain't saved to begin with. But if you are saved, it should be irritating your spirit. Folks flopping in beds and sleeping with each other, walking around half naked on your TV, on your TV that you paying for. Sin. It's, it's sin. It's sin, church. I know it's 2023, but it is sin. And God says, I can't hear you. I can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Listen, y'all, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this right here. I didn't come in for no offering. I came to be an offering. So I ain't worried about you hollering and running around. I'm concerned about you getting this life right so God can hear you. Can I, can I, Proverbs 28.13. Proverbs 28.13. Watch this prosperity law. Caleb, this is a law of prosperity. It's a law. Whenever you see something that says something will or will not happen, it's a law. He says, he who covers his sins will not prosper. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can confuse that, can we? He who covers his sins, this is a law, will not prosper. God, what's my problem? Maybe it's because you're covering sins. How do you cover sins? 
You know you sin, and yet you come and you praise and you shout and you dance and you usher and you greet and you do everything like everything's fine rather than ever running to this altar and repenting. Father, forgive me. God, I don't know what, what I've God, forgive me for getting into that sin. God, forgive me. You, you keep covering up with your, your little nice handshake. <laughs> and it says, if you keep covering your sins, you will not prosper. This is the kind of stuff people don't like to hear. No. Just tell me God about to do it. That's all I want to hear now is God about to do it. God's going to do it. God's got your back. God's going to turn it around. God's going to move in your life. God about to come through for you. You mean we've been, we've been preaching and prophesying and singing that for the last 30 years and he still ain't come through? He made the whole world in six doggone days. He still ain't come through for you yet? Maybe it ain't him. I better, I better quit. I better quit. I don't know if y'all can take this. Make, he made the whole world, the whole, all the fish, all the birds, all the beasts, all the trees, all the, he made all the planets, the star, the suns, the, 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 the sun, the stars, the moon, the everything in six days. And it's been six years and 16 years and you still ain't got it right yet? Maybe it's not him. Maybe I keep flip-flopping and getting in sin and try to cover it up with a song and a dance. He said, if you walk up rightly, I will withhold no good thing from you. But whoever confesses and forsakes, confesses and forsakes, whoever confesses, confesses, whoever confesses and forsakes, whoever confesses, whoever says, yes, God, I did it. Yes, God, I, I, I'm, yes, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in it. Yes, God, you're right. You're right. This, I shouldn't be doing this. God, I shouldn't be looking at that. God, I shouldn't be listening to this. God, I shouldn't be going there. God, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be walking with them. I shouldn't be hanging in that crowd. God, I shouldn't. Whoever confesses them and forsakes them will have Hased. That word mercy is the Hebrew word hased, which literally means kindness and goodness. It doesn't mean God, it doesn't just mean God won't send you to hell. It means he'll actually begin to flood you with his goodness and his kindness. It is prosperity that comes to you. So if you cover the sins, prosperity can't come. But if you confess and forsake them, he'll flood you with prosperity. Make me be the heavy. It's amazing because I can look at some of your faces. Some of y'all, you won't even look up. I can tell. I can, I'm gonna tell you why you can't look up. Because you're covering. You can go read every book you want to. You can go to every seminar you want to. You can go to every meeting and every retreat, every conference you want to. You can subscribe to every devotional you want to. You can go and do whatever you want to. But until you confess and forsake sin, you have cut yourself off 
from the mercy of God. Ain't no need of you crying about it. Ain't no need of you putting no prayer requests. Ain't no prayer requests going to help that. You have to confess. I said there's no prayer request going to help it. We can, we can get the whole church to lay hands on you. We can get Leroy Thompson with his millionaire hands to lay it. It ain't going to help you because if you are in sin, your sins keep finding you out. Lord, deliver, deliver me from secret sins. Deliver me from secret sins. Secret, that little stuff nobody really knows about. It's just me and my little phone. In the bathroom. In my bedroom, me and my little phone. It's just, it's secret sins. Y'all, y'all, boy, I, I love you. I, boy, I love you. I must love you a lot, boy. From secret sins. Out of town sins. Get on a roll, go out of town. I can do all kinds of stuff out of town because what happens, happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And, oh, that's what you think. Heaven heard it. Heaven saw it. struggling. Stop sinning. But I'm struggling with sin. Okay, alright, now we can start. Okay, so now we can work with that. So we can work with that when you say I'm struggling with sin. See, because once you say, oh, okay, I'm struggling with sin, now we know, okay, there's a desire in you to do right. See, now we can get some, some movement. Because now I can teach you how to reckon yourself dead to sin. I can teach you how to mortify the flesh. I can teach you how to die daily. I can teach you how to take captive thoughts through the obedience of Christ. And know that those thoughts of sin, they're not your thoughts. They're not coming from you. They're coming to you. Now we can work with that. But if you're not struggling, you're just doing it. Can I, can I give you one more? I'm, I'm past time. I've got one, two, three, four, five more. Let me give you one more. Am I walking uprightly with God? Am I walking uprightly with God? See, I'll talk later on about, you know, how you handle your money. Those all, there are laws about that. Generosity. There are laws about that, but we got to deal with the with the with the the overarching overarching laws because we don't deal with the the overarching things. The specifics don't even matter. Y'all getting this here? Do I reverence God and His Word? Do I reverence God and His Word? Because there's a law behind that. Do I reverence God and his word? I didn't say do I read his word. Do I reverence his word? Do I know God? I didn't say do I know God. I said do I reverence God? Because you can know someone and not reverence them. 
You can know some people don't reverence their parents. You know them, but you don't reverence them. You don't honor your parents. You can know your children and don't honor your children. You can, you, you can know your pastor and don't honor your pastor. I know that's right. I said, I know that's right. Do I reverence God and his word? What's the law? Psalm 112. Psalm 112. Verse 1 through 3. Look at what it says. Give it to you and I'll let you go give you a week to forgive me. Give you a week to kind of, you know, evaluate your life. Do I want God's goodness enough to leave my shacking up relationship? But Pastor, you understand, the reason we living together is because I can't afford rent by myself. That's right. You're right. And you never will. Not by God's help. Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3. Do I reverence God and his word? Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man. Blessed. Blessed. Empowered to prosper. Is the man who fears the Lord and who delights greatly in his commandments. Do I reverence God and his word? Do I honor God and his word? It's God more to me than anything. That's why I'm, 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 I'm telling you, when we were in praise and worship, why I thought it's important that we, we talk about worshiping God while we, while we make, make God the object of our worship. Because I, I've watched what happened, what has happened in the church throughout America and even some parts of the world, that now church is all about the praise break. Nobody getting delivered. Nobody getting set free. They praise break. And it's all about who got the best track and the best cut and the best click and the best dance. Now they dancing two-sided, dancing together, and they choreograph dancing. Because what they're really about is praising their praise and worshiping their worship. And are not praising and worshiping God as the object of their affection, as the object of their attention. It says, blessed the man who fears, reverences, honors the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Is God, is his commandment meaningful to you? In the book of Job, Job said, I esteem God's word more necessary than my daily food. Some people won't, won't even dream of skipping a meal. Some people would, will eat five or six times a day. I got to keep feeding my belly. I got to eat breakfast and brunch and lunch and supper and dinner and snacks and midnight snacks and round the clock eating, 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 eating. But won't crack the word open for 10 minutes. 
won't read the word of God. You delight more in your belly than you do in the word of God. Well, what's happening is you're violating a law of prosperity. What are you talking about, Pastor? Look at it. It's right there. If you fear the Lord, delight greatly in his commandments, it says, verse 2, his descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Oh, my. This is on the surface talking about your family, your children, your seed. But by revelation, talk about whatever you generate will be blessed. Whatever you produce will be blessed. It's a law. If you and I honor God, if you and I honor his word, he'll bless everything we do. Here's what, the, what will be the result. Here's the law. Here's the law. Verse 3. Wealth and riches will be in his house. That's a law. It has a predictable consequence. If I will honor God, if I will honor his word, then the Bible says wealth and what? Riches will be in my house. So what's supposed to be in my house? Wealth. Not barely making it, not barely getting by, not an echo in my refrigerator, not an echo in my cupboards. Not an echo in my banking account. Not paycheck to paycheck, week to week. Living hand to mouth. No, wealth and riches will be, will be, will be in his house, in my house, in your house. And if I'm not seeing wealth and riches in my house, then I can't look at God. I've got to look at me. I've got to ask, am I fearing the Lord? Am I delighting greatly in his commandments? Do I take great delight in obeying God? Or do I look at God's word as a book of suggestions? It'll be, it'll be, you know, God, okay, it'll be nice if, okay, God, okay, I'll work on that. God never in the word asks you to work on anything. He says, do it. He told, he told Joshua, meditate, observe to do. Do. He didn't say meditate, observe to try. He said meditate, observe to do. Do you take as great delight in God's commandments as you do in things of this flesh? Because you can get all caught, in, caught up in TikTok and the gram and the chat and the book and the tweets. And what's this new one they got now? The thread, your threads. And YouTube shorts. And I spend 30 minutes, an hour, three hours, 16 hours on Roblox. Wordle. Shooting pool with each other on the phone. Playing games. And, and it is like pulling teeth to read the Bible for 30 minutes. I'm going to quit right here. Where's my musician? Come, I'm going to quit right here. I got to quit right here. Everybody, everybody, no, just remain seated. Remain seated. 
I, I feel this right now in my spirit. This is a moment of confession. This is a moment of repentance. This is not how I plan for this message to go. I plan to finish all these. I got all these great points. I got good stuff. I'm going to share. I got some good stuff I'm going to talk about. But I got to follow the Holy Ghost right now. People right here in this church, and we can shout and dance and have a good time. Boy, we have a good time. I love, I love this church. I love, I, I enjoy coming here. Boy, we can have a good time. But I don't want to have a good time and be covering sin. A good time and covering my transgressions, covering iniquity. I don't want to have a good time and I'm on the down low doing things that I would never get up and testify about. But the Bible says this, that be sure your sins will find you out. Because here's how the devil operates. The devil is the one who tempts you, draws you to sin, and then he'll tell on you. And what I learned many years ago, I learned this, I learned this years ago, is I'm going to tell it before the devil tells it. I'm going to tell on me before the devil tells on me. Because the devil tells on me, he's going to put my business out there. But if I tell him, I'm going to deal with God, and he's going to receive me, forgive me, cleanse me, sanctify me, restore me, and nobody else even has to know what went on. I don't know who you are in this place. But if you, if you know for yourself, man, I, I've gotten into some stuff. Gotten into some stuff. And I need to confess. I need to confess and forsake. I need the mercy of God. I need the goodness of God. I need God's favor on my life. I don't want it where God doesn't hear me. Then this morning, this afternoon, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Listen, pride month is over, so you ain't got to be proud. Pride goes before destruction. Heart and spirit before a fall. Whoever you are right now, you say, Pastor, yeah, you're talking about me today. I needed this because I don't want, I don't want to stay in that stuff. And I want you to come. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. The Spirit of the Lord is right now is drawing on your heart. He's drawing your heart. I can't, I can't live like that. I can't keep doing that. I can't keep. Some of you will say, Pastor, I, I've been struggling. Good. Okay. I love it. I can tell you my struggle testimonies too. I learned this, that there are things that God, when I first got, y'all move up closer, things that God delivered me from that because I didn't have 
solid place in the word. I didn't understand the full working of the Holy Ghost. Things that I was delivered from, I found myself back in. I found myself right back in it. As a preacher, as a pastor. Because deliverance must be maintained. I didn't know how to make this word my priority. I didn't know how to listen to the Holy Ghost. I didn't know how to take thoughts captive. I didn't know. I found myself in a place of great struggle, but it affected my whole life. When I finally began to understand, okay, this is how I overcome that. Well, now, okay, now things are free to flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I know it feels like, man, everybody's up here. There's no room. Listen, if you're in that audience, and I'm talking about as an act of your faith, you know you should be up here. I'll make room for you. I'll make, you can get up on this stage. I don't care. I don't care if the whole church is standing up here. This, This is what we need to be. See, just your act of faith in coming right here today is already the step you need in the right direction. And I can't, thank you, Holy Spirit. I can't begin to tell you how the heart of God is already moved for you right now. You hear that? The heart of God is already moved and moving for you right now. Because here's what he said in his word. He said, if you draw nigh to me, he said, I'll draw nigh to you. And by inviting you to come, what you've done is you're saying, God, I'm drawing nigh. I'm getting, I want to get close to you. Lord, I don't want, I don't want to be far from you. And he said, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to help you. I'm coming to help you. I'm coming to help you. He's saying, son, I love you. He said, my daughter, I love you. I love you. He said, I know. He said, said, listen, I understand. The Bible says we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities or our weaknesses. He understands our weaknesses. How many of y'all up here say, Pastor, I have some weaknesses? Thank you, thank you. That, this, what we're doing is confessing. That's I, I have some straight up weaknesses. I know, I know it. Listen, I know what I'm talking about me as a pastor. There are some straight up weaknesses. He says he cannot, he's not a, a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling, of the feeling of our weaknesses, but he was in all points tempted just like us. Yet without sin, there's something he had in him that wouldn't let him go down like that. He had his destiny in mind. He had the end in mind. He had you and me in mind. And he knew how to rely on the Holy Ghost. He faced the same. You don't don't think when they brought to Jesus that woman who was caught in adultery, who still looked like and smelled like sex, you don't think it dipped him to him? 
a single young man like he was. He was tempted in all points, just like us. Lust of the flesh, pride of life, lust of the eyes, he was tempted just like us. Well, I'm here to tell you today, today is your day of victory. Today's your day of victory. I want you to do this for me. I want everybody up here in this room, if, if you can, I want you to lift your hands. You don't have to go real high. Just, just, I want you to be comfortable. Lift your hands. And I want you to, in your own way, because I don't know what you're confessing. I don't know what you got to do. You know. You don't have to say anything out loud. You can just, just under your own voice, under your voice. I want you to begin to confess. The Bible says if you confess and forsake, you'll have mercy. So I want you. I don't need to hear you. Your neighbor doesn't need to hear you. God himself is listening. Because you drew near to him, he's real close to you. Right, He's right up on you right now. He's listening. He's listening right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to know he's listening. Just tell him. You can't surprise him. You're not telling him anything he doesn't know. He's just waiting on you to tell it, to confess it, to admit it. He already knows. He knows all the evil. He knows all the bad stuff. He knows, he knows everything we've been watching, doing, smoking, drinking, laying. He knows it all. He knows it. But he can't do anything until we, till we come honest and come clean. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're struggling, tell him, God, I'm struggling. Just tell him, just tell him, God, I'm struggling. God, I'm struggling. God, I want to do right. God, I, I want I want to walk holy like that. God, I want to, I want to. I'm struggling. This flesh, this flesh, my mind, I got all kind of dreams, all kind of thoughts. I'm struggling. I love you. God, I love you, but I'm struggling. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing that, that that can coexist? It can coexist. You can love God and still be struggling. It's, it's true. You can love God with all your heart and still be struggling. God, I love you. I'm just struggling. I want to do right. God, I want to be clean. I want to be holy. I want to be perfect before you. I want to walk up rightly. And God, I don't even want to do it for all the blessings. I just want to do it because I, I, I want I want. I love you. 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 You saved me. I love you. You you saved me. I love you. You caught me. I love you, Lord. I love you. And I want to do right just because I because it's right, Lord. I want to do right. I want to be right, Lord. I want to be right. I want to be right. I want to be holy. I want to be clean. I want to be perfect before you, God. I want you to look at me with pleased eyes. I want every time you look at me, Lord, for you to smile and be happy. I don't ever want to bring you any shame. God, I want you to always be happy with me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me right now. Wash me. Purify me. Purge my, purge my heart. Purge my mind, God. Purge my conscience clean, God. These thoughts, I don't want these thoughts. I don't want these thoughts. I don't want these imaginations. I don't want these ideas, God. I don't want these pictures 
Lord God. Cleanse my mind, cleanse my mind, cleanse my soul, cleanse my heart today, God. Hallelujah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry what I've done. I'm so sorry for where I've gone. I'm so sorry for where I've been, God. Cleanse me now. Wash me, wash me, sanctify me, purge me, God. I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent, God. I'm sorry, I repent. I repent. I repent before you. I repent before you, God. I repent before you, God. God, I love you more than anything. Lord, I love you more than anything. Lord, I love you more than anything. My, now listen to me. The word says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all our righteousness. So even right now, listen, you don't need to feel any tingling down your spine. You don't have to see any lightning flash. You don't have to hear any thunder rolling. Just your act of confession. God says, I'm already working right now. I am forgiving you because I told you I would. I am cleansing you because I told you I would. He says, because of what you've done today, I remember your sins no more. I forget it. I let it go. I don't see you like that anymore. I see you through the blood of Jesus. I see you through the blood of my son. I see you through the blood of my son. I see you clean. I see you holy. I see you washed. I see you purged. I see you pure. I see you brand new. I see you righteous. You're righteous in my sight. You're righteous in my sight, says the Lord. Jesus told that woman who was caught in adultery, he said, where are your accusers? She said, I have none. He said, neither do I accuse you. He said this, though. He said, go your way and sin no more. Now, to tell her that was not just an instruction, but an empowerment. Not just an instruction, but an empowerment. That when he tells her to go your way and sin no more, not only is he telling her not to sin, but he's saying, I'm going to help you not sin. Lift those hands all over this room. Father, we thank you for your help. I thank you for your help. Come on, make, make, make it personal. I, I thank you for your help. Help me to walk right. Help me to talk right. Help me to live right. Help me to think right. Help me to keep everything clean. Help me to be pure. Help me to be holy. Help me. God, I need your help and I receive your help. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you for the Holy Ghost, my alongside helper. To help me live right. Help me live right. Help me live right. Help me live right. Holy Ghost, help me live right. Holy Ghost, help me live right. Holy Ghost, help me live right. Come on. Holy Ghost, help me live right. Holy Ghost, help me live right. Help me live right. Help me, Holy Ghost. I need your Holy Ghost. I need your Holy Ghost. Help me live right. I can't do this without you, Holy Ghost. Help me live right. Help me live right. 
help me do it, help me do it, help me do it. In the midnight hour, when I'm by myself, when I'm all alone, help me live right. Help me live right, help me live right, help me live right. Help me, 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 help me. I receive your help. 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 Holy Ghost help me. 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 In the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost help me. Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me. Holy Ghost help me. Holy Ghost help me. Holy Ghost help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost, help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. 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 Oh, you're getting help this morning. You're getting help. You're getting help. You're getting help. Help me, Holy Ghost. Oh, he's helping. He's a helper. 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 He's going to help you. You're not going to struggle anymore. You're not going to struggle anymore. He's going to help you. 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 You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. He's going to help you. He's right there. Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to send another comforter. The Holy Ghost. He's going to come stand beside you. He's going to be with you. He's going to help 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 you. Father, even as I lay my hands today, I thank you for, Lord, an increase of the anointing to help. Thank you for our standby, our support, our helper. We can't do this by ourselves. Father, I know what you've done for me. Thank you, Jesus. I know how you've helped me. I know how my life has changed since you've helped me. I was trying to do it by myself, Holy Ghost. Thank you for helping me. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for helping me. I needed your help. I was struggling by myself. People didn't know I was struggling. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You're still helping me. He's still helping me, y'all. He's still helping me. The devil knows what used to pique my interest. The devil knows how you, he used to easily get me. God is helping me now. He's helping me. He's helping me now. He's still helping me. Thank you, Lord. Helping me. Helping me. He's helping me. He's helping me. He's helping us. 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 Oh, my, 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 she told on my, my, she He's helping. He's helping us. 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 He's helping us today.
15th chapter of John, he said, you are already clean through the word I've spoken to you. The word makes us clean. The psalmist said, how shall a young man cleanse his ways? He says, by taking heed to the word of God. He also says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I want you to never underestimate the importance of the word. It is so imperative that you and I plunge ourselves, immerse ourselves, fill ourselves with the word of God. Because it's the word, watch this, Jesus says the Holy Ghost will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said to you. But you and I have to put the word in us so he can bring it to our remembrance. And the more we are in the word, the more the Holy Ghost can help us. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your struggle is over today. over today. Tell them you're already clean. You're clean. You're clean. You're holy. You're upright. Now God can bless you. God can bless you. He can bless you. He can prosper you. He can favor you. He can increase you. He can multiply you. He can pour it on you. Oh, he can bless you real good. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a praise as you return to your seats today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're clean. continuously coming to be delivered because you can be in, in a holiness church but still struggle. And trying and striving to live right and still struggle. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just. 
listen to me very carefully. Don't allow that liar, the devil, to trick you into believing that just because you're struggling, God doesn't love you or he doesn't want you. The struggle is an indication of your salvation. See, sinners don't struggle with sin. Sinners don't struggle with sin. They just do it. It's their nature. But if you and I struggle, it's an indication that something's happened to us. Come on, am I right about it? Remember back when you were a straight up sinner, the things you, you struggle with, you didn't struggle with them back then. You straight up did it. But now it's a struggle because you are born again. Because the Holy Ghost on the inside is telling you, hey, 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 hey. And, 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 if, and if, you, if you go past this hey and you still do it, then you grieve the Holy Spirit, right? And you feel that grief. You feel that, oh, man. You feel that, oh, man. That's, that's good. That, oh, man, that's good. That's good. Because it tells you he's there. He's working in your heart. And what he wants to do is help us to overcome. I can't tell you how many all mans I had. Oh, You're on the road to great prosperity. Yeah.